You're listening to the Life Church Livonia podcast, a show where you can hear the teachings from our weekend gatherings. You can catch the full service on our Facebook or YouTube and head over to our website if you'd like to give. Here we're real people following a real God and experiencing real life. Welcome to Life Church Livonia. Well, good morning, Life Church Livonia. I'm excited to be here with you and I bring you greetings from your sister church, Life Church Riverside. You might not be aware of the fact that you have a younger sister in the ministry, but that would be Life Church Riverside. And we're really excited. I'm so excited to be with you on this uh, part of your online congregation. So greetings from Life Church Riverside. Uh, I've been excited to be in this series called Better Together. I've been excited about it because I'm constantly being reminded now of how we are better together in so many different ways. I mean, it seems like God has just opened up something for me that I can just see that this message is so relevant. So I hope that you've been getting something out of it. Today, our focus is on better me. And don't don't tell Alex, but I'm sort of changing the title a little bit because I'm thinking that it's like a better me and a better you. So please pray with me on a better me and a better you. A gracious and almighty heavenly God, we give you thanks and praise this day for your word. We thank you, God, that you speak to us in so many different ways. So speak to us now, Lord God, in words that we can understand. Speak to us now in images, Lord God, that we can relate to. Speak to us now, Lord God, in metaphors that have meaning for us. Speak to us, O oh God, because we need to hear a word from you. I ask, O oh God, that you would cleanse me and purify me and empty me out of all of my stuff. So that what comes forth is a word that is tailored for the Life Church Livonia crew and all the others who will be tuning in to their online congregation and joining them in worship from all over the Detroit metropolitan area, all over this nation and throughout the world. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. If you love them, say amen with me. Amen. Amen. So, uh, the cowboy. How many of you out there like Westerns? If you like Westerns, come on, put it in the chat. Do you like Westerns? Do you like Westerns? Because um, here's, here, here's a great image of a Western kind of a vibe. We've got the old West thing happening here. And you see two cowboys and they're out there. And you know, it reminds me that we have elevated the cowboy. We have elevated the, the, the out West man uh, kind of to a mythic status, haven't we? I mean, in some ways, it's part of the American ethos, right? That, that, that we've got these rugged individuals. That, that's part of our background, right? That you've got this rugged individualism. It's, 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 it's characterized by what we know of, of going out west and they find their plot of land and they stake their claim and they take out their six shooter and they defy anyone to come and try to take their property away from them. They're prepared to defend it. 
The only problem with this idea, out of which comes this notion of the rugged individual, we have to remember that cowboys lived in the wild, wild west. What do I mean by the wild, wild west? The wild, wild west was shoot or be shot at, right? Kill or be killed. The wild, wild west was characterized as being lawless. The wild, wild west was symbolized by there not being any local authority sometime uh, who can actually be the person who imposes the law. Uh, the wild, wild west was characterized by people doing, as it says in the book of Judges, what they thought was right in their own mind. And I don't know about you, but I feel sometimes like I woke up into the wild, wild west. Do you feel that way? Are you tired of all the violence that we've been experiencing in our day? Are you tired of hearing about a country that just decides it's going to take over another country just because it's got a lot of weapons and soldiers and it can do so? Are you tired of hearing about school shootings and, and mass shootings and shopping malls and in public places where we used to be safe? Are, are you tired of hearing about people who resolve their conflicts by going to the barrel of a gun? Uh, do you ever feel like sometimes you're out there in the wild, wild west that things have just become lawless and folk are just doing whatever they want to do without the idea of considering other people and their own safety or protection. See, see, when we take this idea uh, of the, the mythic cowboy out in the wild, wild west and we blend this into this notion of the rugged individual, we've now created a concept. We've created a concept now that, 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 that is very damaging to community. It's very damaging to collective. And it tells a big fat lie. Because the truth of the matter is, rugged individualism is a lie. Rugged individualism is a lie. If anybody thinks that they're doing something all by themselves, it's not true. The outfit that you have on right now, whether you have on clothes or pajamas, if you look at the label, it's very likely that it was not made in your city or your area. That clothing that you're wearing probably came from some other city or some other region. The food that you eat is probably a combination of things that come from not only other states, but other countries. Uh, the shoes that we wear, uh, the products that we use are a combination of things that are made from all around the nation and the world. We don't do anything by ourselves. We don't eat by ourselves. We don't uh, get dressed by ourselves because every individual achievement is really the result of collective contribution. You and I are a product of collective contribution. The things that you do, you, uh, whatever you did in school or sometimes didn't do in school, uh, your achievements, your accomplishments, they didn't happen by themselves. Uh, they happen not just because of your own individual effort, it happens because there were teachers that poured into you. There were parents that poured into you. There were coaches that poured into you. Our individual achievement is really not our individual achievement. And it's really the case with the church. In the church, in the body of Christ, Jesus Christ calls us into relationship one with the other.
Jesus Christ calls us not only to be in relationship with one another, but in the body of Christ. Notice now that the body is a series of limbs and members that are connected, organs and tissues that are connected. When we come into the church, right, the body of Christ, we are coming into a place that is actually uh, the connections, series of connections between all different kinds of people. And that's what it really means to be part of the church. And that's why we are better together because the body needs all of the parts functioning together so that the body can do that which God has designed it to do. Look at Colossians chapter three. I want to read into your hearing beginning at verse 12. Colossians chapter three, beginning at verse 12. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so must you do also. In addition to all these things, put on love which is the perfect bond of unity and let the peace of Christ to which you were indeed called in one body rule in your hearts and be thankful. Mm -mm -mm. It's a beautiful passage of scripture. It's a beautiful passage of scripture. Look at what this passage of scripture says. This passage of scripture now is in the context of a larger discussion that Paul is having about the body of Christ. Paul is saying that you and I are called into community as followers of Jesus Christ. And we are called into that community uh, as though we were a body, meaning that there is a hand, uh, somebody out there is a hand, somebody out there is a knee, a foot. We all have different roles that we play, but we're all connected and we are the body of Christ. And so Paul now is unpacking, is explaining to the church at Colossae, explaining now what it means to be an interconnected body of Christ. And so look at what it says. It says that uh, those who've been chosen of God, look at this, holy and beloved. What's the instruction? The instruction is to put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That's the instruction that Paul is giving because Paul now is trying to help the church at Colossae understand how it can stay connected. Come on, let's face it, because, you know, we got some crazy cousins. Come on now, let's just be honest. We got some family members. We got some friends that sometimes can kind of try us. They can try our patience. They can get on our nerves. Come on, just be honest. Don't, don't, don't put that in the chat. Don't put that in the chat. But the truth of the matter is that's who is around us. And so to be in the body of Christ, to remain connected to people with whom we often disagree, to be connected with people who see things differently than we do, to be connected with people that sometimes get on our nerves, Paul says you need to put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. See, see, Paul is giving some instruction now and is telling folks how they can stay together. Look at what it says in verse 13, bearing with one another and look at this, forgiving one another. 
and whoever has a complaint against anyone, look what it says. It says, just as the Lord forgave you, you almost, you also must forgive. Paul is saying that you've got to forgive y'all. That's what Paul is saying. And then he says, finally, in verse 14, he says, put on love because that's the only way that we can be bonded together in unity is if we put on love. Now, now what's interesting about this is that, 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 that Paul is suggesting now that we put these things on, uh, kind of, you think in your mind, kind of like a garment, kind of like an outfit, like a, a jacket or a coat. But, but the Greek word here is, is deeper than that. The Greek word here is really describing a putting on as also like a sinking into. Have you ever just gotten the perfect fluffy pillow? And when you put your head down on the perfect fluffy pillow, your head just sinks down into that thing and it's almost like you become one with the pillow. Uh, maybe you have a really comfortable chair and, and when you sit down in that chair, you, you sink down into it. In other words, this is putting on, that's not just an exterior thing. This is like becoming one with the thing that you put on. You're sinking into it. You're finding the comfort of that thing, of that compassion, of that gentleness, of that kindness, of that love. That's what you're asked to do. And so Paul is saying now that in order for us to get along in order for us to be the body of Christ in order for us to come together we, we've got to we've got to sink into we've got to put on these different Christian characteristics and attributes that's the only way we're going to get there because the truth of the matter is that no matter how fabulous we think we are no matter how smart we think we are no matter how gifted we think we are guess what we cannot be virtuous all by ourselves. It is impossible to be virtuous alone. That's right. You need somebody else. See, you can't forgive somebody unless they offend you. You can't be merciful to somebody unless they are unkind to you. You can't be patient unless somebody's been impatient or has gotten on your nerves. See, the demonstration of our virtues, the demonstration of our Christian character only comes when we're tried in the opposite direction. If you want to gain in kindness and gentleness, you will likely find yourself in a situation where you don't naturally want to be kind or gentle. You might find yourself, if you want to become more loving, you'll probably find yourself around some people that you don't even like and God is saying but I've called you to love them see we can't even be virtuous by ourselves look 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 I recently moved in with my mother she's 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 kind of up in years my father passed away and I, I moved in with my mom and she's doing very well but but I thought <clears throat> before I moved in with her that I was all that I thought that I was a kind daughter. I thought that I was sweet and considerate. I thought that I was loving and patient until I moved in with my mother. And then I realized that I was actually selfish. Then I realized that I was actually impatient. Then I realized that I better work on me because that sharp tongue that I used, that was not kind to my mother. That impatience that I demonstrated, that was not kind to my mother. I discovered not while I was living by myself in my apartment, come on somebody, but when I was living with somebody else, that's when I discovered
triggered what was really going on with me. See, we demonstrate and we learn Christian virtue and character, not by being out there on a, on a desert island. We learn it when we have to interact with our family members, when we have to fight for the bathroom, when we have to fight at the dinner table because somebody ate the food before somebody else got home. When we've got to deal with one another, when we've got to sit in the classroom and deal with the bully, deal with the person that is always making jokes, when we have to be in situations at work, when we've got to deal with that employee, that coworker, and we don't even like them, mm, that's when you and I have to demonstrate Christian character. And so this Colossians passage is very powerful because it helps us understand that, that, that it's impossible to be virtuous alone. And so what we're called to do, my brothers and sisters, is we're called to be in relationship with one another because as we're in relationship to one another, then iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron, Arbor shines line. Look at this scripture, look at this scripture, look at what it says. It says, Proverbs 27, verse 17, look at what it says. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Now this is interesting because this passage of scripture helps us understand that two things. We usually think of this passage as a positive thing. That, that, that the iron of one person, the skill of one person causes another person to become skillful or the incisive wit of one person and, and educational prowess of one person will influence the other person in that way. So we think of it as a good thing. But if you look clear, closely at the Hebrew, it also means that our conduct, uh, uh, our iron can also cause another person's face to be sharp. It can sharpen another person's face. In other words, the way we act can also cause damage to somebody else. The way we act can be a positive influence, but it can also be a negative influence because we can cause somebody else's face to become sharp. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. I was at my former church where I used to serve and I was out in the parking lot and a lady came up to me. And I know this lady and I've known her for some time and uh, she was a homeless lady and I had befriended her and had talked with her and invited her into the church and all this and, and given her a few rides some places and donated some things to her. I was probably feeling kind of good, kind of feeling full of myself. And she took this red punch. You know, we drink a lot of red church punch, don't we? And she took this red punch and she threw it all over my nice gray, one of my favorite gray jackets. Gray blazer. Yeah, yeah. She threw it on there. Well, let me just tell you, I lost it. I was like, I can't believe that you would do that. Why would you do that after all that I've done for her? I didn't say it quite like that, but that was basically my attitude, right? And it was interesting. We finished our conversation. I calmed down. You know, I calmed down and everything and got myself together. Anyway, she went on her way and the security guard who was at the other end of the parking lot came over. His name is Harry. I said, Harry, can you believe she did that? Can you believe that's what she did? You know what he said to me? He said, the only person looking crazy out here was you. You were the one that raised your voice. You were the one that lost it. You were the only one looking crazy. Because now my conduct now is the negative conduct. I'm, I've got this person here that I'm supposedly trying to minister to. And my attitude and my negativity is now being forced upon her. You see, what I did was I caused, that was an iron sharpens iron in a negative context because now 
I'm causing her face to become sharp. I'm causing her feelings to become hurt. I'm causing her to feel disrespected. I'm causing her to feel dishonored. And so not only can you and I influence each other for good, we can influence each other for ill. We can influence each other for good or we can influence each other for ill. And so that is why, that is why, that is why you and I are called to, to, to the body of Christ and to live together, to come together so that, so that I can learn patience by interacting with you and you can learn kindness by interacting with me. In other words, we need each other. We need each other. Look at this. I can't be my best me without you. And you cannot be your best you without me. See, see, that's how it works. I need you to become better and you need me so that you can become better because you'll never be able to demonstrate. I'll never be able to demonstrate the Christian character. I'll never be able to learn the lessons of my own conduct unless I'm in relationship and interacting with you. Then I can learn who I really am. So, so, so the question, the question, the question today, the question today is, is the question today is, 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 is how can we get to a place now where we are more conscious of our own conduct and our own character? So what must we do? I got a couple of steps for you. This is what we ought to do. The first thing we need to do is we need to acknowledge and repent. Now, what do I mean by acknowledge and repent? Acknowledge and repent means we need to acknowledge how we are conducting ourselves. We need to acknowledge it. Look y'all, we need to grow up. We need to acknowledge where we're being short-tempered, where we're selfish, where we're angry, where, where are we being unkind? We, we, we need that. We need that because if we have that, if we have that awareness now, now we can repent. What do I mean by repent? Repent is not saying I repent. Repent is not the same thing as confession. It might even sound strange in this context because you think of repent as something that you do after you've committed some great sin. But this repentance that I'm talking about now is a repentance that comes because it, the Greek word there, metanoia, it means to get a new mind. It means that if you're selfish, we need to get a new mind so that we can stop being so selfish. Uh, if you're uh, impatient, we need to get, you need to get a new mind so you can stop being impatient. If you are a drama queen and you want everything to revolve around you, you might need to repent. That is get a new mind. Uh, uh, if, if you're abusive, or if you've been abused in any of those situations, either of those situations rather, you need to repent and get a new mind. What does that mean to repent and to get a new mind? It means now that you're going to have to go to the Lord in prayer, in reflection, and most of all in humility. Because the goal is my brothers and sisters that we would develop ourselves that we would develop ourselves. You need to think about developing yourself. What does that mean? It means that where we are is not where we're going to be. And we're responsible to one another to get better, to get better. And God has given us many, many tools to do so. And here's, here's the key text for us in this regard. What are we going to do? Romans 12 and 2. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. What does this mean? It means that we cannot be conformed to the ways of the world. Just because that's how Susie does it and that's how John does it doesn't mean that that's how we ought to do it. What does this mean? It means that if we will renew our minds, if we will engage in the regular practices of spiritual renewal, prayer, meditation, worship, singing praise songs, silence, if we will engage in those regular spiritual practices and we will renew our mind, that's how we get to the repentance that we need. Because then it says that when, as we're renewing our mind, what happens? We become transformed. And my transformation is a blessing to you. And your transformation is a blessing to me. And our transformation is a blessing to others. Because you and I are called into the body. We are called to relate and interact one with the other. So, so, so today, so today you're invited to think about the renewing and transforming power of Jesus Christ. You are invited to remember that as Jesus Christ calls us into his body, which is the church, that you are invited now to think about how you can get into a process of renewing so that you might be transformed by the power of God, transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're sitting out there right now and you're thinking to yourself, this sounds good, but I'm not quite sure how to go about doing it. Well, let me give you a piece of advice. First of all, you're in the right place right now. And what it means is that you may need to connect with Life Church Livonia. You, you may need to, to come into a relationship with Life Church Livonia. You may need to talk to Pastor Alex or some of the other folk on staff and have one of those honest conversations and say, you know what? I need to have some renewal. I need some transformation. Maybe you're out there and you, you, you've never really thought about becoming a Christian. It's, it's something that seems completely new and different to you. Well, you're invited now. You're invited now to, 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 to meet Jesus. You're invited now to meet Jesus, who is the one that, that, that draws us into relationship one to the other. And he is the one that transforms us transforms our bad attitude, our stinking thinking, our, our, our rough edges. He is the one, he takes us like we're diamonds in the rough and he polishes us up and he shines us up and he cuts away the parts that don't shine so that we can sparkle. Do you, do you need some, you need to be more sparkly in your life. You want to, you want to catch the light, the light of Jesus Christ. This is your day. Because if you've been living your life following the world's pattern, you're probably thinking of yourself as a rugged individual. You might be thinking of yourself as part of the wild, wild west. Kill or be killed. You might be thinking that the world is like all these people around you are your enemies and that you're in antagonistic relationship with one, with others. You may feel that way. You may feel that there's opposition all around you. But the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus Christ came to save the entire world, including you.
Jesus comes to offer a new way of living to you. And Jesus Christ comes to offer himself in love to take away your sins, your disobedience, and your rebellion. Mm-mm-mm. Come on, somebody, and give you a new life. If that's, if that's you today, you're invited to come. You're invited to come. You're invited to reach out to this ministry and connect so that you can have a ministry that will walk along with you in this way of being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Let's pray. God in heaven, I thank you for my sister out there that's listening. I thank you for my brother out there that's listening. I thank you even for the young person that's out there listening, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that they would hear the call of God on their lives. I pray, oh God, that they would hear the love of Jesus Christ reaching out to them. I pray, oh God, that they will come to know that Jesus is providing for them a new way of life and a new hope. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that they would give their lives over to you, Lord God, and be welcomed into the kingdom. Lord, I know that you are the lover of our souls, and I pray that my friends out there will come to know your love in such a wonderful and amazing way. And Lord, I pray for all the rest who are out there who might be sick, who might be struggling, who may be in pain. I pray, Lord God, they would reach out for a deeper walk, a deeper fellowship with you so they would know that they are never alone, that your presence is always with them. It's in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you.